At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book, that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1. The Power Matrix. A master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation. Authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix, today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Woo! <laughs> 
audience today. I have an amazing guest for you guys, Mr. Ruben Alvarez. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fantastic, and I appreciate you having me on here. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. So, Ruben, if you can please let our audience know who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, it's funny. Uh, I still see myself as the, the kid who came out of the trailer park home out of uh, Orange County. You know, like that's, that's I think, the, the core person of who I am. And, and uh, But, you know, right now, what I'm currently doing is, is a lot different than that. I think it's just important that we never let go of, you know, uh, the the person who we really are, you know, our humble our humble beginnings, and what it means to us now. Um, right now, I'm currently in marketing, branding, um, advertising. You know, just helping people create a legacy for themselves and portray themselves in the best way possible that that they can do so. Um, but really, it started from it started from that. You know, it started from being someone who didn't have anything, who always wanted that uh, they always had that idea of more and there had to be more out there. And just by helping enough people um, and knowing enough people that, you know, any dream is possible. Awesome. Definitely. Any dream is possible. So Ruben, my first question to you is what started you on your journey to where you are today? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> you know, because um, <laughs> there's so many there's so many starting points. You know, there really are. Um, mm-hmm. In high school, I think the first thing that I noticed is um, that I was good at poetry. I was good at words. Um, I was good at uh, you know conveying emotion. And um, one of my high school teachers really brought that out of me. And um, you know, looking back, I never thought that that was a big part because I'm really good at like math and and you know, um, what is it, algebra and geometry and everything. But um, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that stuff has helped me to to become like a numbers guy and be able to understand. But I think it's really through the emotional connection with people that we're really able to do a lot more than with just explaining to people figures and facts and numbers and statistics, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was, that was probably one of the biggest starting points that I had. Um, and then when the first thing that I did after high school was I went into culinary school because um, I really like to express that creativity in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't know if, you know, anybody who's listening or people are the same way, but typically the first job or the first career that you get into is not really the one that you want. It's, you, you go into it for <laughs> a different reason, you know? Um, right. So I, I quickly discovered that I do not like, um, I don't like, working in the kitchen and I did not want to be a chef. Uh what I really liked was I liked food <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so I like I liked eating and good food, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, so no I had to I had to make a shift from there. And um I decided that I wanted to get into an office job just because I knew that an office job was Monday through Friday, stability, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. You know, the the stuff that they tell you, the 401k, being able to retire at 65, all that stuff. I was like, that sounds better than working 60 to 80 hours a week in the kitchen to make a max cap of maybe 80 to 100,000 a year. And that's it. You know, unless I want to open a restaurant and I saw the reasons not to open a restaurant. So I just I wanted something different. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. when eventually I got to an office job, I started in uh, customer support, which 
I didn't I didn't know what to do. I mean, especially it was it was a manufacturing job, and it was electronical components and things that I had never heard of. No idea what I was doing. Um, but because I was able to communicate, right? Because I was able to express emotion and properly communicate with other people, um, I moved up to sales within three months. Not knowing anything about, imagine, not knowing anything about the product or the industry wow. or anything. I moved up to sales and um, it made me realize at that moment that sales and money is all tied to how well you're able to communicate with other people the things that you want. And if they're not speaking the same language as you, change the language to be able to speak their language. Hmm. So, yeah, from there, I mean, from there, everything else has just been the last almost eight, nine years um, that since I started that position. And, um, I'm, you know, I started my own business in uh, marketing, uh, advertisement, and brand. Um, and the reason mm-hmm. that I went into that was because I realized that same thing. I mean, you're you're speaking to a mass audience at that point, right? Whereas before, you're trying to sell one person something, you know, like whether it's business to business, you're selling one business to one business. Or if you're selling, you know, business to consumer, you're selling one product to one person at a time. But when you went to marketing, you're doing the same thing, just on a higher frequency, and you have to portray the right communication to a lot more people. And to be able to have them understand, like, if you're saying, like, I'm a rock star, right? Like, how do you properly communicate that so that that way people understand that you're saying I'm a rock star and believe it? Right. So there's a there's one thing that you you've said consistently so far, and it's changing changing the words when you're talking to people, like changing how you talk to them. How important is it to know who you're talking to to be able to change up the words? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the interesting part about this, right? Like, we have different languages like English, Spanish, German, you know, like, th- there's so many different languages, right? But it goes even farther mm-hmm. than that, that, that each individual person has their own language. And the reason is because yeah. everybody goes through their own thing, right? Like, like I didn't, mm-hmm. I grew up without a father in my life, right? So I have that language embedded into me, but I'm also the kid who picked up chess, like, within 10 minutes of, of picking up a, a chessboard, right? Like, so every single one wow. of those things is embedded into me, right? And the mm-hmm. person that you're talking to in front of you, like my boss, he was Persian and he couldn't get along with anyone, right? And he was spitting uh, salespeople out left and right. And somehow I was able to get along with him 90% better than everybody else. Like I still got chewed out and spit out, you know what I mean? But not every mm-hmm. day like everybody else. And it was because I understood that he wanted to feel heard be right and then when you gave him an idea to have him think it was his own idea you know what i mean um so that that's just his language of like i'm an older person i i feel like i want respect and everybody's trying to come in here and tell me what to do instead of listening to me right um Mm -hmm. so that's that's how i feel everybody's language is important is because nobody tries to stop and understand that everybody want something in specific out of something and they just say Mm -hmm. this is what i'm going to tell you and then when they go i don't understand they go let me tell you the exact same thing the exact same way that i just told you (laughs) (laughs) and you know that's where there's like conflict and stuff like that because you're you're more about like what's my message and why am i trying to tell that so that's that's kind of how i'm saying like with with um, mass marketing and branding it's like most Mm -hmm. people go 
um, and, and I saw this at my own job too, right? Like one of the slogans was like, we don't do this, we do this, right? Um, wow. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, why why have you thought that that's, that'll work, you know? And they're like, oh, because we've used it forever. And I'm like, okay, but if it's not, like if it's not resonating with people and they don't believe it, they're not repeating it, you know, and it's not part of their own belief system, like why are you still using it? like oh because that's who we are we don't do this we do this and it's like okay <laughs> you know um it, it, it sounds really it sounds silly it sounds really funny it really does but that's that's the way most people think when they're trying to put a message or when they're trying to talk to someone they just go yeah. okay well this is how it is like and if you ask me the question right now you're like oh i didn't get what that meant like what did you mean and i go well i meant this and i say the exact same thing you're just like uh, cool i, I really have no like interest in talking it. anymore <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that you just said that because I I make that mistake when I first started off in business. Like, no, this is what I do. Okay, so mm-hmm. so what did what do you do? Well, this is what I do. I don't do those things, but I do these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you and when you become when you become more aware when it comes to business and marketing, you understand that yeah, no, that's not how you actually have a conversation with your customers. You actually yeah. listen to what your customers are telling you so you can understand that you're, you're one of the things that Antonio tells us is your customers will tell you how to sell them. They will yeah. tell you how to close them. You just have to listen to them. So telling them, no, we do this, we don't do that. And they're telling you, hey, what is it again? They're telling you, I don't understand what you just said. I want to tell you how to close me, but you're not even open. You're not even open to receive that. So thank you for stretching that, for stretching that to mm-hmm. our customers. Uh, to and to our listeners because I've heard that myself and so you said that that's why I had to laugh I'm like wow that was me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I mean it's one of those things that you don't really understand um but I, I don't know I think it's um when you when you grow up you have this thing that's like you're either trying to find friends because you don't have confidence or you're just trying to find friends because you're trying to fit in you know and for me, it was that I was trying to fit in. And um, I was I was actually pretty short up until like ninth or 10th grade. I was only like 4'11". Um, so I felt like I needed to try harder with people, right? And uh, it didn't matter who it was. Like I was not the best friends with everybody, but people knew me and they never had an issue with me. And it's because of that same thing, right? I was able to speak those languages. So how it translated in business is um, I was able to work with, with the boss, right? How we mentioned. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Have you ever had a, an opportunity to work with an engineer, like like a mechanical Actually, engineer or anything like that? Um, not a mechanical engineer, but a and I don't want to get this wrong, but in, in, in a technical, an IT engineer. I've had the opportunity oh, okay. to work with an IT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 most of them, um, they they've done a ton of schooling, a ton of everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. and I understand, like, I'm like, okay, yes, you, you deserve a lot of respect, but sometimes they don't like being questioned and that's an issue, right? Because they, they actually do know a lot more than like me, but sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter how much you know, but you have to still kind of keep an open, an open head about things. Right. So mm-hmm. with my engineer, he was like that type of way. He was very like, like, it's my way. Like I know about engineering. I know about this. So I just found a way to be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I, I still respect you. Is there any, like, any universe, any possibility ever that I could be right and I would joke around about it, you know? And he'd be like, you'd have to be really, really right. 
but if uh, if we go down this route and then he would just start betting with me, he'd be like, you're going to buy lunch for the next week. And I'm like, let's do it, you know? Um, so it, it got to the point where it's like every every single person just wants to be understood. And it's not about offending someone a lot of the times. It's just about, like, how do you how do you get to the core person of who they are so that that way a dialogue can start and everybody can go ahead because it doesn't it doesn't matter how good a business is if you have two people who are closed minded that can never work together then you really don't have a business you actually have you have like two or three different businesses cuz there's you and then there's both of them wow wow <laughs> that in itself that in itself is I've never thought of it like that. It's not one business. So how so how does how does a company with their with their marketing and their branding convey that message to their audiences when their each audience has a different language that they speak? Well, for one, you gotta be able to know who the audience is, right? Like um I think the the biggest mistake in marketing is we want to reach everyone right mm-hmm. and it's like when you reach everyone that's a really big message you know um and nobody can do it if you really think about it i mean you look up you've completed your major project you made it now it's time to post it on your website and share it to instagram and send to your contacts but if posting your creation everywhere includes reformatting resizing re-downloading and re-uploading you need issue issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures and more make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share and you can start using issue for free They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. So get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code success. That's I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast. And use promo code SUCCESS at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code SUCCESS. Politics right now. I'm not going to get really into it, but I'm going to say you look at politics. There's one side and there's another side and that's it. They don't cross, you know? Um, So when you go like, I want to reach everybody, it's like, well, you have a big cross right there. You have to pick one side or the other. So it doesn't matter how good your product is. Like it could be like, I have water and everybody needs water. And they're like, I prefer juice. Right. Like you just can't do it. Mm -hmm. So it's important to pick your, your, uh, your audience. And then once you have your audience, you really have to try to target, um, not target. I'm sorry. You have to really test the message that you have that you believe that you are and see how it resonates with maybe the first hundred people. Right. And Mm -hmm. if it's, let's say there, there's a core message that you're going to have like let's say you're like okay i'm a basketball player right and if the first hundred people go oh all you have to change in your message is basketball player because we don't like them that's your wrong audience right there so you go back to audience right but if they go with little things like okay well you're a basketball player i don't believe it because i don't see a basketball in your ad right that's a great way mm-hmm. to change your message 
it really just comes down to those two things. If you're going after the right people, and then are you missing little things? Um, once you once you start, it takes a lot of trial and error, but that shouldn't discourage anyone because that's just part of it. Um, it's almost like you start to play a piano, right? Um, mm-hmm. The first few keys that you hit, you're gonna mess up on. Like, there's no way around that. Yeah. So with with marketing and branding, um, I think that it, well, what I've seen, I, I really see this in a lot of people. Um, they start they start building a brand, they start building an image, they they start a campaign, something, right? Um, publishing, article writing, a blog. They they give it like five tries, and then they say it doesn't work. And then somebody else approaches them and they go, no, we've tried this and it doesn't work. And the best thing to say at that point is like, okay, well, if you tried building a car, you know, never never having experience, you try building a car, and it fails because you didn't get it done in five hours, and then you start telling the world that cars don't work, you're gonna look you're gonna look a little insane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I when it comes to branding and marketing, what one of the, the biggest things that I, I have learned is if you don't know who your audience is, you might as well not even bother marketing because you will be throwing away money. Like you said, a lot of people want to, they want to target everybody, and that's the worst mm-hmm. thing possible. So thank you so much for <laughs> bringing that to the awareness of our audience because everyone wants to save the world, but it's like not everyone in the world wants to be saved, so you have to exactly. find the ones who actually want to be saved exactly. and talk to them. <laughs> So there, there are two things that you have said that I just absolutely have to ask you to break down. The first one is sales will bring you money, but brand will bring you legacy. Can you please break that down for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this one, this one, I've been, I've just been working on for a really long time. Um, Everybody, everybody chases what I call like the almighty dollar, right? Everybody's like, I need sales, 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 sales. But the problem is, is that you can have a million dollar month, but if you can't have that million dollar month without salespeople, you're in trouble, right? So the idea is that you want to be able to have a baseline, no matter what it is, whether it's a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand a month, come in to you no matter what business you are at or what business you start because you have built a brand around you that's strong enough. So most people try to say like, okay, my, my business brings in 10000 a month, right? And that's fine. If you leave that business as the business owner and sell it and start a new business, do people follow you? And if the answer is no, then your brand sucks. Yeah, that's that's the easiest way that I can explain that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My apologies. When you pause, I was like, did I did I did I lose it? No, no. So there's thank thank you for that because I when I read that I was like, ooh, all right. And then there's another one that you said. You said the brand is not for you. It is for your business, your customers, and your employees. They need to see you win. Can you yeah. break that down for our audience? 
Yeah, I, I think that once once you get to a certain point in your career, um, people want to know that they made the right decision by choosing you. And, and um, I think that most people need to see that, yes, it applies to business, but we're really getting to an age and a time where personal brand is more important than business. And like, if if I tell people, yes, Antonio is the best person ever, right? And then I see him doing, you know, an a in-person TV interview on like the local news channel, right? I'm like, that's mm-hmm. right. That's, that's the guy I just told you about, right? So mm-hmm. Antonio thinking, oh, I gotta, I gotta go on the news because then people will know me, right? And I think that most right. people, that's, that's the way I'm thinking about it too, right? Like, oh, I got to get published here and I got to do this. And people got to know me so that that way, like, they, they know me. It's about exposure and money, right? Not even realizing that the core of it all is every single person that has invested even a minute into the stuff that you're saying that has told their friends that you're the greatest person ever that has, like, thrown their their own reputation on the line, right? Because if you, if you buy, um, let's say, Colgate toothpaste, and you find out that Colgate toothpaste actually uses like, you know, dog intestine or something like that. You're like, oh, I can't believe I recommended them, right? But if you find out now yeah. that not only are they really, really good company, but they're actually donating like 50% of all proceeds to like kids with like terminal cancer, you're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, let me tell even more people about this, right? Because right. you're you're putting your reputation on the line. And that's, that's all that, that brand is, is like, the more that you invest into your brand, the more that you invest into yourself, whether it's personal development, you know, you, you buy yourself a nice car, right? Uh, most people think that buying yourself a nice car when you're doing well is vanity. It, it's actually the opposite. People are going, oh, look, I follow this guy, Ruben, and he just bought himself a nice car and he said he's doing all these great things. There's the proof, right? There, there's the proof. He actually is living the life that I want to live let me tell more people about him because if if I bought something that I couldn't afford, like let's say a Lamborghini right now, which I'd, I'd be paying it, but I'd have a hard time making ends meet, right? And then people know that that's fake. When I buy a car that I can afford, people go, that's the life that I want to live. I want to incrementally get better. Mm-hmm. And by seeing him get better and do better and be published, and I see his company going over here, and I see them printing out hats and giving them to people, right? One of the things that mo- like most companies see as like a waste of money, they go, oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to buy, uh, what do they call it, promotional branding material that's giveaway, right? Because we've been told that it doesn't do anything, not realizing that people tell other people uh, about recommendations. Eighty percent of the time, it's in person and not over the internet. So while everybody's doing internet ads and not promotional material. Everybody's wearing a shirt of someone else and saying, oh, where'd you get that shirt? Oh, well, it's Quicksilver. It's Billabong. You should go over and buy it over there, right? Instead, if they had a shirt from you that was really nice, they go, oh, well, it's actually, you know, in for the kill. Why don't you go check out his podcast? Um, it, it's all about just making the customer right. That's all it is. They're, they're always right. You know, they say the customer's always right. It's true. Your customers are always right. Your employees are always right. And if you're making them right about you, then you're doing that service for them. Ah, thank you very much. I, one of the 
greatest things I've learned, I've learned about Bernie is, is like you said, when you um, made the statement that a business cannot replicate its, the sales it did last month without uh, without salespeople is doomed because your brand, your brand is what does that. Your brand is what gives you that, that solidifies you like you were saying. So I thank you for <laughs> adding that value to our audience. I don't think we understand just how important brand is. We, when we look at companies like Nike and Apple, we're like, oh, they're awesome, they're amazing, but we don't pay attention to how they talk to us. We don't pay attention to the actual brand itself. So thank you very much for breaking that down to our audience. And no, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I was just gonna say, I was gonna say just about Coke. You know, like if you if you think about Coke, right? If if we're talking about like the the legacy and replicating sales year over year and stuff, mm-hmm. um, Coke can hire salespeople to bring in more sales, right? But they pretty much have a steady baseline of like if there was no salespeople ever again, people would still buy exactly. it because there's just that demand based on everything that they've exactly. done, based on the on the colors that they've chosen and the placements that they have and the way that it tastes and what people have said about it and the people they've partnered with, like all of that comes into mm-hmm. effect, you know, paying, uh, I can't remember how much it was. They paid Colin Kaepernick to, to be a sponsor. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Nike, but Nike did the same thing. You know, they pay sponsors. Uh, I think it was like 150,000 or something like that. And they get no immediate return on investment. That's, that's literally the highest form of gambling right there paying somebody for an endorsement that you don't know is going to do anything for you. But it gets people talking and it makes them write about you. Right. Yeah, I that is that that right there is something that I haven't I haven't really I haven't thought about that one. So you brought something to my awareness as well. So thank you very much on that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so my my question for you is what is for our audience, for the the dominant population of our audience are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, parallelpreneurs. What is the biggest mistake that you have seen businesses make when it comes to their marketing and why they fail when they're doing that? Uh, there, there's a lot of mistakes, but I would say that if you want to be taken serious, a lot of people don't do the things that get them taken serious. Uh, for one of them, like a website, right? Like a website is just one of those things that's expected. A lot of people go, oh, I don't need a website because a lot of my referrals come word to mouth, right? But when we're talking about like things that, that are for your customers, and like let's say your customers refer somebody over to you and they go, oh, like the, the one person that's going to, you know, nine out of 10 people are going to go, absolutely, I'll go with you, right? The mm-hmm. one person that is going to say, let me see their website. And when you don't have one, right, as a business owner, and then they go, uh, you know what, never mind. And you embarrass the person that's sending you leads, right? That's where mm-hmm. it's hurtful to you. So when you when you refuse to do the things that make you look professional, and, and this is going to be like for businesses that, that require that, right? But when you require mm-hmm. to do the things that your customers expect of you is a better way of putting it, that's where you're going to have the issues. Because if they expect you to give out hats because everybody does it in the industry and you go, I don't need to give out hats, right? Uh-huh. That makes you look bad. 
when you say I don't need a website, right? And let's say you're mm-hmm. your nail salon, and you're and then the 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 person next door, the nail salon, because they're everywhere, right? The one right next door mm-hmm. to you has a great <laughs> salon, ton of reviews. They're on Google. They have all this stuff, and you don't. You're making yourself look bad. So that's the number one mistake. It's like do the things that are required of you, and like ultimately, I'm not saying like go out and spend a ton of money right now, right? But as it right. becomes available, don't pocket it, invest it. Oh. Can you please repeat that one for our audience? <laughs> yeah. So you you don't pocket your profits. You invest your profits, right? And and it's about just not being greedy. Like if you have an, an extra $1,000 in profit, right, um, mm-hmm. unless you need it for bills or whatever, but if you have it as profit and that's left over, most people go, okay, well, I'm going to keep that $1,000 and now I can go on vacation, right? Take a $500 vacation, go local. You know what I mean? Go to the spa or something. The other 500, put it right back into your business. Put it back into the hats. You know, you can buy 24 hats. That's not a lot of hats, you know, but they're really, really high quality hats. And you give those to your people that come in regularly, the people who are supporting you. And you know what they're going to do is those 24 people are going to tell at least one or two other people that you had never had the opportunity to reach before. All right. <laughs> the reciprocity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of websites, I I do I do research before I speak with people and I was on your website and I'm like I'm like, this website is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm scrolling, you have your podcast on here, but then you've also had the opportunity to work with a lot of amazing people. So what have you noticed when it comes to what's the what's the difference that you have seen between those who have started and done well as far as small businesses versus the marketing done by those who have multi-million dollar businesses and how can a a, a small business match the same volume as larger businesses when it comes to their marketing, but not have to pay that budget because they don't have it just yet. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to creativity. That That's really all it comes mm. down to. Um, how far can you expand with how little you have, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for me, when we first started, what was the thing that I did? Let me think. Um, when I first started the podcast, it, it, it's kind of like what everybody tells you. First, you start with your friends, right? So I started with my friends. Mm-hmm. From there, I went to, like, people that I knew that had an audience. So they might not be the biggest people, right, mm-hmm. which everybody wants to go ahead and do go after the biggest people, you know, Grant Cardone, and let me go after a, a big movie star, right? But the thing is that right. if, I, if I get somebody big to come on my podcast or something like that, or if I get somebody big to do a commercial with me or something, and I have two people who are in my audience, like, what good does that do me? You know, like that that's the, the big lie I think that so many people hear nowadays is they think that they have to start a business and like right off the bat, you know, oh, I need uh, 500 or 2,000 people uh, and, and I need to make sure that I'm sending this out to like all these people. And it's like, well, if you talk to 10 people straight to their face and told them, you know, come in and I'll like, let's, let's do your feet or something like that. You know, if you're like, uh, you know, a nail salon or something, or let's go ahead and, and I'll do your marketing, you know, and let's see where it goes. You talk to 10 people, they're all going to give you a shot. 
like there's no reason for somebody not to give you a shot if you're very sincere about it. And that's actually how I got a lot of the people to come into the podcast is I just said, here's my, hey, I, I admire you. Here's my podcast. Um, here's what it's about. I think you fit this perfectly. Do you have any interest in doing this with me? And I kid you not, the people, there there wasn't, there were certain people that wouldn't answer because obviously like Instagram, there's, if you have a million people following, you're not going to see it or even answer it, you know? But the people who did see it, it was like a 100% success rate of everybody who said yes. Wow. I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is mexit news because there's, there's, <laughs> i mean there's just no reason not to right like if, if you just kind of have this community vibe of like you you belong in this do you agree with me do you not like why would they say no mm-hmm. they don't have problem doing doing a, an episode or partnering with you on those things but um, when it comes to like starting a business and not having like all those marketing dollars and things like that, you just have to get creative with it. Don't, don't be, um, uh, what's the opposite of humble. Don't be arrogant, right. With like, Oh, this is my <laughs> podcast. And I have, and I have 10,000 listeners and it's like, you, you're five months in and nobody believes that, you know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. It's it, that's, that's one of the biggest problems in marketing. Um, and, and it's a little to get a little bit off topic, but one of the biggest problems in marketing is that people are able to create these fake shadows and personas. And um, mm. one of the hardest things that I face is that people will tell me, um, there's some people that have been like, well, how many listeners do you have? And I'm like, I got this many. And they're like, really, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, I can lie to you. You know, like, I'm sure you, you've seen a lot of other people do. And then you're going to tell me no, because I told you a number that wasn't believable. I'm like, so this is what I have. And but the thing is, is that I have consistent people and I have loyal people, and that's the reason that I actually think that it's a benefit for you, right? So that mm-hmm. that's like the real truth of like branding and marketing and stuff is it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter any of that stuff if it's not true. So it's it's always about that consistent growth, as I mentioned. Like, are you consistently getting better? And if you are, the people around you, the people that are your customers notice and they respect that. And that's the person that they keep coming back to to do business with because you're consistently doing better. You're not just like, oh, I woke up today and I'm a millionaire and yesterday I had nothing and nobody believes that. Nobody wants to do business with you because they know your life. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I... It, one of one of the things that I have even learned is when they like you were saying some people lie about the numbers. Well, 
if you're lying about your numbers, it's numbers are numbers. It's going to come out. So if you're lying about your numbers, and sometimes you start monetizing your podcast and monetizing anything that you do, and you can't, come, you can't, that you, you don't have documentation of those numbers, it's going to hurt you. Whereas if you're just honest, or so honest with someone, one of the things that Antonio told me a while ago, he was like, I'd rather. I'd rather talk to the 200 people on this podcast than pass them up and they'll talk to these 200,000 people over here. And I looked at it and I was like, it sounded kind of weird at the time when we first told me, and he broke it down to me. It was like, these are 200 real followers. These are 200 real people versus these 200,000 over here who may not even be real. Yeah. And when I yeah. And when, yeah. No, go ahead, please. No, I, I was going to say, because I've, I've had that happen to where um, people say that, you know, they want it, it. There's two sides of this, right? Like, the first thing is that he's right. Um, you want the people that are actually loyal. You can get in on, like, these giveaways on, on social media where you can have, like, 35,000 people follow you because it's like, oh, it's a celebrity giveaway and uh, Kylie Jenner's doing it. In order to be part of it, like, you have to follow these 10 accounts. So, like, you'll get 35,000 people, right? That, that follow you in, in one night, but you pay like an exorbitant amount. I think it's like $10,000 or something that, that people charge to get on these. You get those 35,000 people that don't know anything about you, right? They don't know anything about your message, what you're talking about. The next day after the giveaway is over, half of them leave. Within a week, 90% of them leave. So you have like maybe 3,000 at the end of it, but nobody's engaging. They just, they're too lazy to leave. They don't know nothing about you so it doesn't matter how big your audience is because at the end of the day if they don't believe in what you're saying if you didn't grow it it's it's nothing so that's that's the first thing um the second thing is a lot of people want to be able to grow like especially if you have a small business right now you're listening people want more than anything for their brand to blow up and they want it to like oh you know zero to a hundred i got nothing right now i got zero dollars in my bank account be so nice to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of customers and to be able to have that because that would help my situation out right not knowing you can't even handle that <laughs> and that blessing <laughs> will become your devil oh i'm so happy you said that antonio just this morning he asked do you know how many customers you want because if you get the and then once you find out the amount of customers you want when you get those customers, will you be able to handle them? Yep. So I think I, so I think one of the things is we, we got into business wanting this super amount of customers, but we never think about the fact that can we handle it. And so our branding ends up not matching our business culture, which ends up just busting down your brand in, in general. And, and, and can you let our audience know how hard is it to come back from a, let's see how I can say this, uh, a brand fallout. I'm just going to phrase it that way. Like how how easy or hard is it to come back from improper branding? Let me phrase it that way. Um. I think the most difficult thing that you could come back from is a scandal, right? Like, like if, if people found out that, that like, let's say me, right? Let's say that I haven't made a single dollar this year and I'm saying, oh man, I've made 
over this much money, right? Um, I think that's difficult because nobody would trust you anymore. And then you'd have to go after a new a new audience, right? So the bigger your audience, the harder it's going to be for you to come back from it. If I have 10 people listening and they find out about that, then I just got to go find more people, you know? Um, the the thing that's the most difficult, though, is when you build, when you spend, let's say, a year or two building up your, your audience, the people that believe in you, and you let them go, they are no longer going to follow you to the next place, um, which means that you have to start from scratch. And that's, that's where it gets really difficult. And you have to be really truthful and ethical in order to be able to that that's where we talk about like having your brand that follows you everywhere you have to be truthful and ethical in order to be able to take that with you wherever you are um and if you're not you know we've been we've been talking about how like people fake their numbers and stuff like that when you're not doing that you can have financial gain in the short term and if that's your your goal then you know all for it but um then you're just going to go back to the same thing if you make a hundred thousand this year you know screwing people over and the next year you make zero because you get found out and then it takes you a whole year to build it back up in order to make another hundred thousand the third year you're basically looking at 70 what is it 200 divided by three you're looking at like 66 thousand a year or something like that um whereas if you were being ethical you might have made 60 the first year and then 120 the second year and maybe like 180 the third year you know what i mean so it's just there's no point in in doing it the wrong way where if you compound it year over year you're going to be a millionaire in in no time being because at at the end of every brand at the end of every business you're you're looking at the person right like do you want to follow the person do you like the person and is the person consistently growing and doing big things and um you look at the big brands out there like Coca-Cola they started kind of like as sugar water you know and now it's pretty much the the number one soda that you think of like right what's this soda and you're like oh well coke um and that's just because they consistently over time just decided to keep putting back everything into their brand and to people knowing them and you know their their campaigns the last one where they put their name on the freaking bottle you know um absolutely (laughs) genius absolutely genius we're talking about like yeah do do stuff for your customers that is the one thing you can i mean you you associated somebody with your company which is what everybody wants when they really love a company they want to be associated with it um being a small business owner you make t-shirts like really really nice nike polos with your 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 company name and then their name on something else it just says like great customer like they they die all over that but i think that most people just think that everything has to be so big you know, with business and stuff, and it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be personal. Thank you so much for saying that. First off, Coca-Cola had people collecting bottles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, during that, that time, I can't even begin to, I had one friend who, they're like, man, I found three bottles with one name on it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I bought all went to their house, and they literally had all three bottles. I'm like, but <laughs> they all... They're like, yeah, they have my name on it. And then you have some people like me. Well, fine. I'm not going to ever find my name anywhere. So thank you, Coca Cola. But yeah, exactly. I shouldn't buy it because it's the one I know. And then the, 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 the last thing you said, you were like, you know, just make it personal. I think we, 
we don't pay attention to what actually goes on with branding, but as we start our businesses now, we realize people don't want the old the old generalized commercial commercialness of companies now. You know, no. they're looking for they want that personalization. You know, one of my greatest examples that I use when I'm talking to people is Wendy's. Wendy's Instagram. No, 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 no. Wendy's Twitter is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, and the crazy thing it does is it, it really humanizes Wendy's as a brand and they, because they make comments about things that we as consumers would make about the everyday everyday you know, <laughs> everyday comments. <laughs> so and I I love the, the ice cream wars between Wendy's and McDonalds is wonderful. Yeah. Um <laughs> But that personalization, um, your customers want, you know, they, they don't need it big, they just need it personalized. That thank you for for adding that value to our audience because I think we miss out on that. We get so bogged up in like you were saying earlier and then even on your website you were saying, you know, your brand is not for you. Mm-hmm. Your brand is for your audience, your brand is for your employees and you know your brand, your brand, but it's not for you. And I think we we miss that when we first start companies. It's like our baby, our it's mm-hmm. ours, 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 ours. But then we don't pay attention to the point that there's a time where it grows beyond us, and we have to see that in order for it to to continue to grow. Yeah, there, there's definitely an ego um, when it comes to brand. Even like, um, and I'll just put this kind of this example um, in in Instagram. Um, a lot of people want to have a really good Instagram, right? And one of the big things that a lot of social media um, companies look for is is your um, is your media, is the stuff that you're posting, is it engageable, right? So, like, are people going to comment on it? Are they going to share it to their stories and stuff? And um, when we were making our our um, we, we would do like quotes every three days or whatever. Um, I realized that we were we were doing some pictures of me with quotes and all this other stuff, and then I realized I was like, why would somebody post a picture of me on their feed? That that's stupid, right? Like, like especially for guys. Like, I'm a guy. Why would another guy post me on his feed, no matter how good the quote is, right? Um, I told this to somebody else who said, like, you know, why am I not getting that much engagement? I'm like, oh, dude, just kill your picture. Make it an all-black background or make it something that you like, whether it's nature, whether it's, uh, you know, the ocean, uh, an animal, whatever it is. Just go make it about you. Mm-hmm. Make it about something that people can relate with that you like, right? So it's still kind of about you. Mm-hmm. And you'll see. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that because if I do that, then the profile is not going to be about me. And I'm like, there's your problem. That's why you're not going to blow up. Your brand is not about you. <laughs> One of the no, greatest I'm, people that I... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, one of the greatest people that I've seen do what you just said is Neil Donald Walsh. Mm, you right, never see him on... Well, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, he wrote Conversations with God, books one, three, mm, okay. four, and the, that, like, that whole type of series. But what he does is... He will put up a picture and just write about, like he'll say, you know, happiness is about this or that or this or that. But he, you never see him post a picture about him. The picture is mm-hmm. never him. It's either of a beautiful scenery that's like calming and soothing. 
people smiling, people showing, but he, I've never seen him post a picture of him. And those pictures that he, those posts that he made, they have so many shares, so many follows, and he's never on any of them. Mm-hmm. And you just explained to me why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Coke, or not Coke, see, I, I get them confused so much because both of them are just so good at what they do. Um, Nike, right? Mm-hmm. Um, GoPro, GoPro. GoPro only shows their product at the end of the commercial. You are right. And, and that's like a 25 to 30 second commercial that probably cost them a ton of money to make, right? So they only show their products at the last few seconds of the commercial. The rest of the time, they're showing people doing stuff with their product. Yes. I'm so you're a... You're a snowboarder, you're a surfer, you're a skateboarder, you're somebody who likes to go out. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I, I am all those things. Sure, you know, Apple does the same thing. Oh, yeah, you know, you, you get this new iPhone and you're going to go hiking with your friends. And I'm like, I am going to go hiking with my friends. And my, my dumb brain doesn't realize I don't even hang out with people, you know what I mean? But I'm, <laughs> I'm buying this, this message, you know, because they're doing it for me. Right. Like, that's the thing is. They're making me want to have friends. They're making me want to go hiking, and I appreciate that. Yes. I, Apple did that to me. The yeah. last, <laughs> The last newest phone that they had, they didn't, they didn't even show the phone. They just showed a video of kids outside playing yeah. like they were in battle, they were, and they were battling over the teddy bear. They were throwing, and it was real. And I'm looking at this. I'm thinking it's like a scene in a real movie, <laughs> only to find out it was a commercial from Apple. And and all they were doing was showing just how wonderful the new camera was. And yeah. I promise you, I, I about pulled up my phone through it. I was ready. Not my phone, my laptop. <laughs> I was ready to order a phone right there. <laughs> And 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 it, it you're sitting here and you're watching it. It's captivating. It's like it's it's an HD, and it you see the intensity in the kids, and they're sitting here. I mean, it, it you it takes you through all the emotions, only to find out they're only selling the new phone, and they're just showing you one of the features of the new phone. Mm-hmm. I've never paid attention to that until you just brought it up. Yeah, it's it's um. <laughs> You're you're never selling a product. You're always selling a feeling. You're always selling an emotion of right. what people feel about you, right? And and the more you can tie it into their life, the better you'll mm-hmm. do. Um, I mean, like a lot of people want to just try to to connect, right? And they're just like, oh man, if I can if I can get my local community to believe in me, right, and to come to my place, and it's like, oh well, they have chapter meetings every month. Do you go to any of them? No. You know, do you do you go and uh, go to other restaurants and try to, like, put all the restaurants together at you as a restaurateur and see if maybe you guys can all, like, collaborate on some? Nope. Like, well, you're not really doing much. You're pretty much just telling everybody me, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's wow. through creativity. You know, it's kind of like what we said. Like, how can you yeah. do the most with the, with the least amount of – and in this case, really, it's um, – resources just is cash right like cash is the resource that you're probably gonna have the least amount of when you start a business uh it's gonna be creativity it's all gonna be creativity 
So my, my last question to follow up with what you just said, to those who are out there saying, well, I'm not creative. <laughs> okay, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> they're not, anybody but, listening to this, they're going to be like, I'm not saying it like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm a firm believer in everybody is cre- creative. Just somewhere along the line, they created something that somebody negative had a lot of negative input about it and so they shut yeah. down the creativity side of themselves i'm a but i'm a firm believer in everybody is creative they just create in their own type of way but for those people who are like i'm i'm not creative i don't know how to be creative with my conscience what do you tell them uh the best advice i ever got on creativity um and it actually comes from from uncle gc you know it, he said um if you're not creative, it's because you lack commitment. The more committed you are, the more creative you will be. And um, it's true. A lot of the times where I wasn't creative, I would just say, I'm not feeling it today and walk away. And now whenever I don't feel creative, I actually sit down um, and I actually I have a routine now. I figured out what works for me, right? But what I originally did is I sat down and I forced myself, even if it was bad, even if it was truly bad, let's say I was writing a piece of content to write it, and then I would look it over and then I would rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. And if I couldn't get it done that day, at least I had something done where the next day I would just, you know, quickly edit it, five minutes go by and I had the whole thing done, right? But if, you, if you're if you not like forcing yourself to, to sit down and say, I'm going to do this, even if it's crappy, right? Like I'm just going to get it done, whatever comes out of it, then that's the first problem right there. Um, my new routine looks like me sitting down, putting on some classical music, putting my phone to the side and then start to write or whatever I'm doing, right? And that actually, I realized that classical music helps me a lot. So that's my creative routine, right? When I'm looking for an idea, I go and I read a book. So let's say that I'm like, I have no idea what to do for marketing for this new new customer, right? I, I buy a marketing mm-hmm. book and I listen on Audible for about like 30 minutes and then I get a new idea. New ideas running through my mind gives me a creative new process, a new outlook, right? So I'm just looking for the one the one spark that someone's going to say, oh, you know, marketing is about building blocks. And when you put those blocks from three to two to one, now you have a new system. I'm like, oh, dude, I get that now. Let me go and write about it. You know what I mean? Um, We usually get triggered by something. But if you're if you're like, ah, I can't I don't know how to be creative and you're not reading a book on creativity and instead you're like, you know what, I'm going to read people today or you know what I mean? USA Today, people, whatever, a magazine you're probably not going to get a creative idea because you're going to the wrong outlet. Thank you so much for that. That was awesome. Because <laughs> we, we don't think that way. We just say, oh, I'm not creative. And like you said, we don't even do anything about it. We just leave that, that and go do something completely different. So thank you for, for giving our audience a routine that you found that works for you because that could possibly work for someone else. So, I hope everyone has been taking amazing notes because Ruben has been dropping some wonderful nuggets this entire time. So, Ruben, before we close out today, um, can you please let our audience know how they can find you? Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty proud of this one because my name is the probably the most generic name and well, except if my name was Jose or Juan, you know, but um, I have a pretty generic name and I got the website RubenAlvarez.com. So if they want to find me, they can just go to Ruben, R-U-B-E-N, alvarez.com and they can find me on there and then my um my social media is uh at i am ruben alvarez 
And ladies and gentlemen, we will definitely put that in the show notes as well so you can go follow Ruben, learn from him, see what he's doing, and follow everything that he's doing so that way you can grow your brand as well. So, Ruben, I would, and for, and for us closing out today, do you have any final words that you would like to leave our audience with? I mean, we covered quite a bit. Like, I think this is the most yeah. intensive I've ever gotten. But um, <laughs> I would say that if, if anyone's starting off, I mean, just don't don't be afraid to fail. Like, calculate the risk, but everything is going to be failure, no matter which way you look at it. Like, you're going to fail at something small. If you're cooking, you're going to fail at putting too much salt the first time. So with your brand, with your company, with the people that you have, just know that whenever you're failing or if you're trying something new, if it's for them and not for you, then really it's not a failure. Um, don't be afraid to invest. Don't be afraid to grow your brand and grow your business. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining joining us today on the Secret to Success Podcast. Ruben. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. And in the words of our CEO, you can plant better, you can dominate. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money, and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now, and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires, right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is a possible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? 
I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family? My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money, and now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy, I've homeschooled my own children, and I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually for me to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures, all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned 
Everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being the homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10X your retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost. I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions hear me well 48 job positions 22 dollars an hour paid training and i couldn't find someone not one person for those job positions now is it because i hire slowly true but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. 
I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if, the, if, it's, if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C, R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.